And if you're listening to this somewhere in the future, um, check out his website, www.edgarfabianfrius.org, or do what I do and follow him on Instagram. He's at Edgar Fabian Frias, and you can find out what he's up to um, now, wherever we are in the future. You can find out what he's doing, and you can catch uh, where you can find him next. And also, don't forget to check out his healing practice uh, Instagram page, which is at our underscore sacred underscore web. But that's not what Edgar is here to talk to us about. Edgar is going to take us on a journey of artistic awakening. He's going to show us that it's important to push our limits, both artistically and just in our general everyday lives, and that it's possible to do it with a heart filled with kindness and an empathy toward every other living soul. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that it's easy or that this happens overnight or that it doesn't take constant work. Probably constant work for the rest of your life. And scratch that definitely constant work for the rest of your life, at least in this life. But I mean, what are the alternatives? I suppose you can stop doing the work. I suppose you can let yourself be taken by darkness. I guess you could just grow numb and stop feeling. Those are all options. But there's a reason that you're here listening to me right now and not sitting in some dark corner somewhere feeling sorry for yourself. There's a reason that you march forward through the storm. You realize that you're more than your labels. You know that you're meant to transcend into light and to help others do the same. And how do I know this? It takes one to know one, friend. And I knew who you were from a mile away. That's 1.6 kilometers if you're living outside the U.S. And goddamn, look at us. We're in good company. So let's all get situated and listen to someone who really knows what the fuck he's talking about. My dear friends, you brilliantly shining, radiant beings of light, pick up the tin can telephone, put it up to your heart chakra, and receive this brilliant message of love. Edgar, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. Your Instagram page is very interesting. And it's really hard, it's, which is, the cool thing is, is it's really hard to get a handle on who you are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, who are you? Who is this guy? <laughs> right, right. Can I ask you, just yeah, from your sure. own perception, like, what you make of it? Just because I'm interested in that, just to kind of see what, because I definitely do, I do feel like I obfuscate things a lot. So. It, it's it's awesome, and, and actually, like, your voice, I don't know, I, would, I don't know what I was expecting, but, like, your voice is coming through is much different than I was anticipating just because I was mm. I, like, you just sound so much more normal. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sound like a normal guy. And like right. you're, you, you're, you're the imagery that you, that you paint your, your social media persona is awesome. You know, it's like, but it's all digitized and stuff, you know, like, and you, and, right. you know, and so it's, it's it's I don't it's really artistic, but yet it's it's like I just want to I look at it and I say, 
what is this guy doing? I want to like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to, how to classify what I see. It's cool. I, I, it's like, it's, it's new, you know, I feel like you're, what you're right. doing is breaking new ground. Wow. Well, thank you for saying that, Mark. It, it's interesting you say that because um, I was just at PAM, um, and PAM is like an experimental um, performance art um, space in Highland Park. Okay. And um, for Witness, you know, for this project that I'm working on there, that's part of my performance art residency. And I, um, after kind of going today, we did a whole rehearsal, and one of the people that's helping me out, she kind of said to me, like, it's incredible how many things you're bringing together, and I feel like you're you're blurring these boundaries and breaking down walls here. Um, and I definitely do. I'm happy to hear you say that. It's hard to pin me down because I feel like that's definitely been both a challenge and also a really, I guess, a, an, an asset of mine. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, it's I, what I what I like about it is it's like it, it leaves me wanting more. You know what I mean? Like right. like it's it's a, you're, you you have painted a very intriguing character for yourself right yeah and, and and i i definitely i feel like i inhabit multiple worlds um so just a little bit about myself i i grew up here in southern california um i grew up in the inland empire my family is from mexico and they my both my parents came here when they were pretty young when they were like in their teens from mexico and so i was like first generation and you know going to school i wasn't really sure what I wanted to study. I knew I was really attracted to psychology and art. And so it's been definitely a challenge for myself, like wanting to inhabit multiple worlds and not really being sure as to how to do that. And as I've grown up um, exploring these different worlds, I've also started to be um, very interested in mysticism and the occult and magic and witchcraft and and now I definitely feel like I'm finding I've found a way to bring them all together. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, and so that's definitely. So I'm I have a like a master's in clinical mental health counseling, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist intern here in California. So I work part of my work, which I don't really talk about on Instagram, is I work at a um, treatment facility a couple of days a week. Okay, um, awesome. And yeah, working with folks with mental illness and of substance, substance abuse issues. And I definitely feel like that work really does inform a lot of the other stuff that I do. Right. Um, yeah. And so then, but, and, and at the same time, I've also, um, I've lived in lots of different parts of the world. I, I studied abroad in England and lived in Germany and Berlin for a little while. Then I lived for about eight years in Portland, Oregon. And when I lived in Portland, I created myself and two other people, essentially. We created a queer and trans music and arts festival. Cool. The um, collaborative music and arts festival. And it, it's lasted for about seven or eight years. And it's actually grown now. And it's inhabited multiple cities, both awesome. in the U.S. and in Canada now, too. Cool. Yeah. And so that's been kind of like that's been part of like my own development as an artist and as a community organizer and I definitely now that I'm in Los Angeles, I've been doing some of that stuff, and it's it's all very much come in handy in, in in this life that I feel like I'm creating for myself, where I'm being able to play around a little bit with everything. Because I'm I'm not the kind of person that wants to have one kind of role or one kind of job. Right, right. I was just going to ask you how, how you would label yourself. <laughs> um, you know, it 
That's a little difficult, but I would say maybe intermediary being. <laughs> that's really like vague. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good because I mean I, I, that's good because it's like there's not like you seem like there, there's really not a label for you. Like it, like you, you're doing this uh, performance art residency, correct? Like how do you what like what is like? But you're not like this piece of per, like I wouldn't say you're a per, you would would you call yourself a performance artist or would you say you're a being that has that is doing performance art like I, I don't know what I'm getting at here. that's a good question I'm you know I definitely have a history of performance um I've done a lot of performance and actually this residency came about as a performance that I did about like 10 years ago in Orange County um but I definitely I I'm not a performance artist specifically, but I, I but I do dabble a lot in contemporary art, performance, ritual, and I definitely, as I've been talking about, have found ways to merge them together, and I'm still exploring new ways to weave in other parts of myself. Yeah, it's almost like that term is limiting to what you're doing. It's like it's like I feel like you, you're transcending that le- level of performance art and and doing something more than that yeah like the project i'm working on witness at pam i'm asking the audience to join me in in a sense activating a higher part of themselves like the part of ourselves that's able to just witness process compassionately non-judgmentally um that's a that's definitely something i work a lot with in therapy and also in the healing practice i have i have a healing practice called our sacred web um And so invoking or bringing about this part of you that's able to kind of watch, that's something I'm very interested in. And so in doing it in performance, I'm asking the audience to to witness. Um, so it does make it more of a interactive, engaged experience that right. does go beyond a performance. Right. That's cool. That's cool. So what what do you, how did the witness come about? Like what can you talk a little bit about the process of like what goes into to doing this, putting it, uh, like Kate's debuting this weekend. Right. Where do you do after, where does it go after that? Is that, is this going to be like a a permanent residence somewhere? Or is is this, if you want to see it, you've got to see it this weekend. (laughs) You kind of have to see, yeah, you have to see it this weekend. Um, So it's, yeah, this residency, it's a month long residency. Pam does month long residencies every month for different performance artists in LA. Um, And, this res- this residency came about um essentially it's interesting it came about from a performance 10 years ago it's like a long story i don't know if i should go into it but <laughs> <laughs> but essentially i did a performance 10 years ago in orange county that was a séance to resurrect the great whore of babylon okay and it was done in this like toilet gallery that was owned by this um guy named Dino Dinko and I saw it very much as a rite of passage or a self-created rite of passage for my, my a couple of my friends and I who were all like queer first generation, like ch- children of immigrants, you know, uh-huh. and we really saw this in a sense as a rite of passage. And we've all gone on to do a lot of other creative magical types of events. And 10 years later, after this performance in Orange County, I go to this performance art event being put on by the director of Pam and the person who had invited me to do this performance 10 years ago was happening to be sitting on a panel that day. And 
he saw me and I had no idea. And he actually, he was like, I'm going to be talking about that piece you did 10 years ago. <laughs> and I ended up sitting on the panel with him. And then um, Brian, who's the one, uh, Brian Getnick runs Pam. He um, ended up meeting me that way. So it was like one ritual or one performance from, you know, many years ago right. led to this other opportunity, even though I, you know, have lived in different cities and forgotten right. about that performance. Synchronicities match up eventually down there. Yeah. The That's cool. Um, it's, it's, you, it's, it kind of seems like, and, and like, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about you. So maybe if, if I knew more, I, I, this wouldn't be the case, but it feels like, like you get pulled a lot from like maybe, feeling like you're an outsider but it, but it doesn't feel like like like, like maybe you're, that is what motive like, I, don't, I don't even know what i'm talking about. like that's the the spark mm. but it seems like your reaction to being the outsider isn't to say look at i'm an outsider but it's more to okay well let's include like you're being the person that's including everybody <laughs> does that make sense right, to you? i'm kind of stumbling right. over myself here coming up with the words but it seems like, no, like maybe it, yeah yeah like we're like where you were a first generation you know, ch- child of an immigrant doing with all these other things. And then it's like, okay, but I, I, I might be an outsider now, but to not be an outsider, I will include everyone in my circle. You know, does that, am I making any sense? Yeah, you are. You're, you're making a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm the middle child in my family. And I feel like lots of times middle children are the ones who feel very neglected and very much like the outcasts, the outsiders, um, aside from that, as you named, I also have a lot of different labels, you know, that either I place on myself or that can be placed on me that also make me an outsider. And so um, I've definitely a reaction to that has been to be a unifying force and to also be inclusive and to find ways to bring people in, to weave people in and weave in as much, you know, different things as I can, which is why I feel like I inhabit so many different realities. I definitely see myself as a as I said, as an intermediary being or as a, as a bridge. And I feel like it's informed a lot of what I've done in my life. And so it's, it's definitely part of like something that's caused me a lot of pain and suffering. And it's also brought a lot of inspiration and it's a lot of direction and guidance as well. I love how your, how your reaction to, to the thing that causes the pain and suffering though, is this, well, this thing comes and it causes pain and suffering and your reaction to fix it is to, transcend the pain you know instead of letting the pain kind of rule right right yeah that's definitely that i definitely feel like that's inherent in me in many ways it's something i've had for a long time it's like the queer music and arts festival that i started in portland oregon it was inspired by people in oregon especially a lot of different people here in trans communities talking about themselves feeling isolated Mm -hmm. and invisibilized by mainstream like media or mainstream contemporary art venues and so a big part of that was for like okay well if no one wants to see us if no one wants to witness us if we're isolated let's come together and see each other and i definitely feel like that's that ethos has stayed in me and i (laughs) still hold that to this day right that's awesome that's so cool you you say you have a healing practice talk a little bit about that because i'm really I really, I'm really, I'm sorry, I know I've been around, but I really love how you're all these things. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to weave them all together to see, see, uh, weave this fabric that is Edgar (laughs) with all these, all these different things that you are. You're like everything. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes, I, I, def- I have a healing practice. I, I used to have, actually, tomorrow's my last day at the studio. I have a studio in Echo Park. Um, and, but my healing practice is pretty nomadic as well. Um, and I, I, I offer different types of services from Reiki to intuitive counseling or tarot. Um, and I also um, in, offer my services as a ceremony leader. So I've done weddings. I've done cool. rites of passage. Um, so I've done different types of ceremonies as well. And so, yeah, it's, and my, my healing practice, um, in many ways is pretty new. I would say it's definitely emerging. I've also in the last few months have started offering workshops. Um, I've started becoming interested. I've been invited to a few universities to speak about my practices. And so I be, I'm starting to become more and more interested in weaving in pedagogy into my practices. Um, in both creative, spiritual, and healing practices too. So I've been having, you know, workshops and I've been also having clients who come over to learn different types of magic techniques or, you know, um, kind of healing tools, you know, different types of, yeah. So I'm pretty mutable as, as you would imagine when it comes to my healing practice as well. That's cool. Like, I, I, you're like, there's just so much positivity radiating from you. <laughs> it's like, it's so, like I'm just trying to where where like where do you draw, pull like, are are you always do you just go through life trying to radiate or am I catching you on a good day <laughs> or <laughs> you know, you know. um no obviously I'm a human being right right, so, right. <laughs> I have a lot of different emotions um and at the same time I would say that for the most part yeah I I. I feel very gifted and very blessed and I feel like the more I feel that way, the more that that just continues to emerge in my life. And, you know, a few years back I was working as a social worker in San Francisco and it was a pretty rewarding job. And at the same time, I didn't, I knew that that wasn't my path. And so I haven't had many examples in my life of like what it would be like to not have a full-time job to, you know, create your own income sources and create your own businesses. So it definitely has taken me a bit to get to the point that I'm at now. Um, but now I've been in this place for a little over a year where I feel like I'm kind of tapping into all these different networks and ways of being. And now that I'm in this flow, I, yeah, but I definitely, I feel like people that know me, like I have known that I'm a pretty optimistic person, almost delusionally optimistic in many ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that I, I work with, and so I, I want to ask you because I like to share these stories with people. Um, right. a, lo- a lot of people, they, they do kind of like let the, their pain or, or let, you know, just kind of the shitty things in life kind of lead the way. How, how do you transmute or tr- transcend or however, like how do you, how, how have you, what, what, tools have you used when like in your past when you felt like maybe you were in your lower lowest of lows that like how did you mm. what do you how do you use to rise above that because I, I know a lot of people who are kind of in really dark places and and they look to me and, and what you said was how you know it's taken you a year or so to get to where you're at and it just takes some time but you know you have like you have to be optimistic <laughs> you have to figure out a way to turn like when you're down to turn that right optimism on you know, I, I, what comes to mind, because I definitely, I've, I've done a lot of therapy, that's one, and that's been very okay. helpful. Um, and two, I, I think what feels really salient um, in regards to this is that 
I'm someone that um, in many ways can turn towards people in time of need and I allow myself to ask for help. Um, and as a result, I have had a lot of people help me. And so um, that's one. I think that's a big part of my own healing has been having those guides, having people come into my life at certain moments to give me that wisdom or inspiration or support when I really needed it. And you have to be open to that, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And and then at the same time, I also know that I've, from a very early age, have have felt a very direct connection to divine energy. And that's also something I've relied on a lot in my life. In those moments of despair, turning back into the self, turning back to the divine. And so, I, you know, just in general, I notice for myself when I'm doing more ritual, when I'm connecting more with the divine, that's when my life really is going well. And, you know, and it's definitely taking me some time to get to that place. I've, I've run away from my, my power. I've run away from my roles or my, my place within community for many years because it's very daunting to step into your power. And I feel like it's taken me a lot. And I've also had a lot of support and a lot of women especially have helped me, which is why I'm very, strong on honoring sacred feminine and goddess energy because I've been really nurtured and supported by women in my life. And that's something that's really, really healed me in many ways. And also in a sense, healing part, my own connection to my own sacred feminine as well. Right. Right. I I get that. I I get that. I get that. Would would you mind talking about your relationship with divine or, or maybe trying to explain your interpretation of divine? Or is that something that's too intimate and close to, to try to talk about like your what how how you like w- maybe your definition of divine energy right um so i grew up jehovah's witness and i growing up jehovah's witness i was taught to pray to god right mm-hmm. and i definitely feel that I, I developed a relationship to god in that way but it wasn't until I was about like 14 years old that I like picked up a book on meditation and just started to meditate by myself in my room. And I had an experience where I just felt my body filled with energy. And so I definitely feel my connection to divine is very somatic, very sensorial. It, I feel it in my body. Um, and, and at the same time, um, it's also very visual too. And so it wasn't until that moment that I feel like I knew the divine. I feel like the divine always felt like it was outside of me until that moment. And since that moment, I feel like that moment has like really opened up a window for me of like, okay, what is happening? <laughs> you know, no right. one taught me about this. And, and it's, all, it's been a big reason why now, you know, that I've, you know, it's taken me a while to get to this point, but I've... I really want, I want to return that favor and be a guide and, an, and a source for people to learn about these types of practices or their own connection to divine, because it really isn't something that's supported or talked about much. Right. Um, especially since a lot of people do feel divine energy or are empaths or pick up on energy or are psychic. There's so many people who, who have these abilities but are never taught how to work with them. Right. And they so, you know, yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. And and I even see that in in the mental health field. There's so many people that are, you know, brought in into a treatment center who are labeled as psychotic or in many, you know, in another way of thinking about it, they're just having a spiritual, you know, 
<laughs> awakening that's a little that's too overwhelming for them and no one has been there to support them through that right and you know everyone is reflecting back you're sick there's something wrong with you and so it just it, it's definitely something that i'm very as you can tell very passionate about yeah. just because it's something that i've had to learn on my own through lots of you know trial and error <laughs> right <laughs> right right yeah I, I think it's i think a, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are kind of in the the beginning stages of awakening and and are just now I, I, I even I hate that term awakening but <laughs> you know what I mean when they're they're just kind of coming into their spirituality their own personal right. spirituality may, may, you know breaking free from cultural spirituality right and and it's kind of a scary place to be at first because you're you're not taught to trust these things and trust these feelings that are that come to you you're kind of taught that those are the things you push down right or ignore or, or those are like those are the crazy thoughts right so i like people to hear that uh, they're not crazy <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and that they you know goddess forbid might be gifted or might <laughs> might have a direct connection to the divine that you know they're not aware of and and i and i i think um it's been really healing for myself to be able to meet with some of these people and to be that person. As I said, I've had many people be that person for myself. And so it's definitely, I see it. That's what made me call my practice our sacred web is that for me, it really stands for something that exists beyond and through this system of exploitation and destruction, you know, the system of capitalism and industrialization, that there are other systems of energy that are at play here that are about nurturance, about support, and about trust, too. And and I think, in a sense, that this web has made itself um, manifest for me in just the way it's shaped my life. And and I, and I definitely feel like this web exists for everyone, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And yeah, you know, you have the most beautiful voice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just keep, you keep talking, and I just, I just love your voice. I keep forgetting what I'm gonna gonna say because I like like I don't know like it's you're very therapeutic to talk to you. <laughs> even though I'm not even talking just listening to you talk is very therapeutic <laughs> sorry sorry to, to say that but it's yeah I'm just like just I'm just listening to you talk and it's like man well I appreciate that I appreciate that reflection and yeah and and I guess in it's it's healing to have these types of conversations you know mm -hmm. it it it's healing to have these kinds of connections that, you know, it do exist outside of the mainstream narratives and that also do exist outside of the mainstream narratives around spirituality, right? And as you said, spirituality, when it becomes something that's part of your own, you know, self, it, it can be scary and daunting, but it also can be really exciting, you know, right, it can be right. really like, it can, it can unite people. And I think in many ways, like that's been a reason why I felt so safe moving around so much and living in so many places is that I really trust that I'm going to find these kinds of people everywhere I go, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I always, and, and I always try to, to, uh, tell people to do something that they've never done before. I'll try something yes. new, like, like to sh shake your life up by like yes. doing something you, or going <laughs> to do something. And like, like for instance, going to see, your performance piece, witness, would be something that a lot of people <laughs> maybe right? wouldn't wouldn't do. But like, there's those are really like just going to a setting like that really can just like you feel that 
creative energy and it can just like kick right. you in the ass and give you a jump start on your own creativity going to you know mm. to uh see you know these more I, I don't i don't want to say fringe but i mean it's fringe i mean the kind of mm-hmm. art that you do isn't really you know like you kind of that you're you're fighting is kind of guerrilla artistry you know like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because it, it's it's the mainstream yeah, I, just pushes it pushes any kind of real creativity down. Right. Yeah, and I feel like you you know you asked me that question earlier about like what has helped me a lot, and I think that's another you know adding to that is creative practice has been so healing in my life, and um, also as you're saying like really stepping outside of my comfort zone and stepping into places that are very scary for me has also been incredibly healing. And that's been, you know, and I've been doing that for a few years now. Ever since I started that festival, that's been a big part of that festival, was that we encouraged people to play or to create projects that were outside of their medium of choice. And so I, as an organizer, I took that on. And so it's in in a way that's what's made me a musician today, is I've never identified as a musician. I've always been like a visual artist. And, but, you know, as you're saying, doing, deciding to say, you know, one year in the festival, I said, I'm going to be in two bands this year. (laughs) And I was horrified, you know, I'm not a musician, but now, you know, now I've, I've played actual shows and my partner Thaddeus and I, we have a band called Gay K and we've been invited to this festival called the universe is lit. That's happening in Oakland and San Francisco in August. And it's like a queer, people of color, um, punk festival, a punk and electro, I would say. And so we've been invited to perform. And so that's like, you know, from being someone who's not a musician to being invited to performing festivals, it's like, yeah. it, it kind of shows you what can happen when you step into that fear, right? When you step into that place of not knowing. And that's awesome. And then it doesn't, and then, and then like, you kind of like avoid boredom that way. Like what you just keep doing new things <laughs> and then you keep working the things you've learned right. back into it. And then you create this whole new non labeled thing that, is, that <laughs> breaks, breaks new ground like you're doing. I used to feel um, like I needed to narrow myself down more or I needed to compartmentalize myself more and, I feel like in the last two years, I've really allowed myself to just kind of expand wherever I'm needed. And that has led to my life just, yeah, being really shaped in the way that it is now. And I've also, you know, I need to give myself credit to say that I've also been forging this path. And, you know, it's interesting because I like I've thought a lot about this in relation to both ritual and performance. I've done a lot of ritual and performance where I would only one performing and or doing a ritual and i've i've really thought about how important it is for certain people like especially like myself where you know i've I've felt i have felt very marginalized for many different reasons in my life and not really represented or seen in a lot of contemporary um situations and so because of that i feel like i've had to create my own reality or my own rituals or my own even sense of self and um, now that I've done that, now that I've kind of forged a pathway for myself, I am realizing that other people want to come along for the ride and also want to forge their own pathways too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I, I'm, and yeah, and I feel like that's been a part of why I've been feel, been feeling so successful in some ways. Like I think, you know, um, 
I've been connecting with a few folks that are going to UCLA right now mm-hmm. um, who are in different like creative or non-creative like programs there and are just like fed up with the academic system and don't really see any future in that. And I can definitely relate to that, even though I myself have gone through the academic systems. Right, right. Um, and so I can, you know, really, really seeing the need for people to kind of start creating other types of pathways outside of these normative systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know what it is that I think that you've you've mastered is you've you're you are who everyone who is looking at you or talking to you needs you to be like you found a way to be the person that that other that that person talking to you in that moment needs you to be and that's huge because most people won't let go of their ego long enough to let that happen but it doesn't seem like you let go of your ego like there's a pretty like i think your your public persona has an ego but somehow with that ego you're able to still be what the person talking to you needs you to be and that that's that's really Mm. hard to do you know, so kudos, right. it's inspiring. It's just, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, and it is, it's interesting for me to, since you don't know me as a person, right? Like to hear right. you talk about my internet persona, because I, it's definitely something that I've been very aware of is especially, you know, the more I'm like becoming self-employed and like, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense, like meeting clients or, or getting connections or getting opportunities through Instagram or Facebook. Um, it's made me think a lot about like, how are people perceiving me? What kind of image do I have? Um, and just hearing what you're saying about like the, 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 the difference or the kind of the way that I'm able to blend both being someone that's able to be with people and also like having, you know, very strong opinions Mm -hmm. and being pretty, um, quote unquote fringe or out there, as you said, you know, right, right. It's awesome. It's so cool. Like that's where that's where that's where I strive to be. That's what I want to. You know, you, you. It seems like you you found a way to 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 uh, you found that that golden thread that connects everybody. So even in when you're talking about the scary things, they're able to relate to a point that is not scary to talk about anymore. Mm, right. So that's right. how you. That, and that's that just serves in the way that you bring people together. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So cool. This has yeah. been so. This has been so cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm really, I'm really yeah. glad that we've gotten to do this, Mark. I, I really, um, I admire the work that you're doing, and I'm really grateful to, you know, for your your wife suggesting us to meet, um, and through this medium. And I definitely feel like it'd be wonderful for us to meet in person. Yeah, well, I'm sure this is just the beginning. When my rambling days are over, and my gambling days are through. When my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through, if you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you.